Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host, Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and welcome to Joyful Eating episode 22. So today we're going to be talking about sleep. But before we get to that, I just thought I'd share the best thing that I ate over the weekend, and it was so amazing. Um, So it was basically just a, a cashew and chipotle chili sauce, and it was just the business. So it was just like roasted cashews, pureed with some water, apple cider vinegar, and the chipotle chilies in adobo sauce and a bit of salt, and it was incredible. So we had it with some pork cutlets uh, and some slaw, and it was just so good, and I'm keen to have it more and more. Uh, So recipe definitely coming soon for that. Actually, I can give you a quick recipe. So it was like 200 grams of cashews, so that's seven ounces, uh, four tablespoons each of the water, apple cider vinegar, and the chipotle chilies in adobo sauce, and so that was, and a little bit of salt. So good. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) I shouldn't be giving you recipes here on a podcast. But anyway, so today um, I'm going to be sharing like my 12 counterintuitive ways to improve sleep. So first I'll just share a little bit of my story and like my relationship with sleep and how it went terribly awry and how I got it back to a place where it's really good. Uh, Then we'll just quickly look at like why sleep's important. And then these 12, like I've called them counterintuitive ways, but this is the things that I've found that have worked for me. And I'll share a key takeaway and I'll also share some extra resources if you want to delve deeper into the fascinating world of sleep. So my story, basically my serious sleep problems began in June 2019. So it was really weird. It was just like, I just started waking up really early, like three, four, and even like, then it got to like, I was waking up at one and I wouldn't be able to get back to sleep. And then as I got more and more anxious about my sleep, I started having problems falling asleep as well. So I'd be like going to bed and just lying there and it was the worst. And it was probably lasted for about six months or so from, I actually, I think I fixed it in September. So it was probably like four months and it was awful. Like there were some days where I just had zero sleep at all. And then I would be trying to function. Um, and then other times the, you know, I'd be waking up at one. And so I would have been up all that time. And it was, it was just one of the worst periods of my life. Um, but the good news is like, that was 2019. i pretty much since September 2019, like my sleep's been good. And of course, you know, here and there I have a bad night of sleep. You've know, got small children and stuff, but, uh, and then, you know, occasionally I still wake up early, but mostly these days I get a consistent, like at least seven, I get consistent seven hours of really good quality sleep. So if I can fix it for me, we can definitely fix it for you as well. So let's talk about firstly why sleep. And basically, you know, sleep is important for absolutely everything in our body from appetite regulation to brain health, like brainwashing, like the glymphatic system where during sleep, the brain actually gets um, de- like flushed out of, of toxins and things. I'm not really sure of the exact mechanism, but everything is impacted by sleep. Our cognitive performance, our memory, like our insulin sensitivity. We don't need to go into all the specifics, but if you do want to learn more about why sleep's important, and there's so much research going on with regards to sleep at the moment, there's a really great book called Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker. Definitely check that out if you're interested in learning more, but you don't need to know all the reasons why sleep is important. Like you just 
you you know yourself, if you have a, a bad night's sleep, like you don't feel as good during the day. So we know sleep's important. So let's talk about now, I'll like, yeah, my counterintuitive ways to improve sleep. So how did I actually go from having this like terrible insomnia to having a, a really good place with my sleep? So the first thing that I did was I decided to stop obsessing about my sleep. So the worst part of my insomnia came from me like actually feeling anxious about sleep. And the more I learn about the importance of sleep, like at that time, it's kind of interesting. Like I'd listened to a podcast with Matthew Walker and then my Irishman was reading that book, Why We Sleep. So sleep was really on my mind. Um, And the more I like learned about the importance of sleep and the worse my sleep was, the more I got stressed about sleep. And then, then I was just caught in this cycle of like having anxiety about my sleep and that just got worse and worse. And then I had a conversation with um, one of my really good friends, Agnes, and she, she's a doctor and she was just like, she's actually a psychiatrist. So she's not a sleep doctor, but she just said, look, Jules, this is killing you. Like just stop worrying about the sleep. Like the big problem here is the anxiety from the sleep you know, just stop thinking about it. Bad sleep, like, isn't actually going to kill you. And when she said that to me, I was like, yeah, right. I'm like putting too much pressure on myself and putting too much pressure on my sleep. So I just made the decision that I was going to stop worrying about sleep. And that was really the big turning point for me, that just deciding that I was going to survive, I would figure it out and it was going to be okay, just took all this pressure off. So that was the first thing. Second thing I decided was, uh, to stay in bed for my scheduled time. So I'd actually done a CBT, like cognitive behavior therapy course that my GP had recommended because I'd gone to see her about the sleep problem. Uh, and I thought the course was really great. And But in that, they were recommending, like if you don't fall asleep after 20 minutes, that you should get up and do something else and then try and fall back to sleep. But of course, what would happen is I'd be in bed. I'd be like, oh, has it been 20 minutes? No. And I'd be having this whole anxiety about should I be getting up? Should I not be getting up for starters? And then when I was up, I would just like, I would be trying to read a cookbook, but I I would be so into it. Like I could read the whole cookbook and not get sleepy. So like, I just found that that really didn't help me at all. And I could understand why they were recommending that. Like there's a whole thing about sleep association and you want to associate bed with sleep, but I just found it, it wasn't helping. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try, just do an experiment and see what would happen if I just decided I'm just going to stay in bed <laughs> all, for, for my seven hours and, and then I'll get up when the alarm goes off and just see what happens. And I guess my my reasoning behind that was just the circadian rhythm aspect of it. So I was thinking like, at least if I'm bed with my eyes closed and it's dark, then I'm not exposing my eyes to light and I'm not messing with my internal clocks. Whereas if I get up, even if I have a dim light on to read, or even if I'm listening to an audiobook, I'm still exposing myself to light and it's messing with my circadian rhythm. And then the other thing was just like, I could see this extra anxiety of like figuring out when I should get up. And that was triggering like, so much anxiety. So I just made this blanket decision that I was in bed until my alarm went off, unless I had to get up to pee or, you know, take care of a small boy. Um, And that really, really, that really changed the game as well. Like just took all this pressure off. So those two things alone, like if you take anything away from it, just play around with those, then that's probably enough to get you into a fairly good place with your sleep. But I've got more, more tricks up my sleeve. The other thing I did is um, I gave myself 
an aura ring. So it's like this um, high-tech ring that you, like as in like a piece of jewellery that you wear on your finger um, that actually tracks your sleep. And so I, I decided to start measuring and tracking. And I was hesitant to start tracking because I was worried it was going to make me more anxious about my sleep. But I decided I'd just experiment with it. And if it was an- making me anxious, I could always just you know, stop. But I actually found the opposite to be true. So what I've, I've found with my tracking my sleep now for all this time is sometimes I'll wake up thinking I had a terrible night's sleep and I was up for hours and rah, rah, rah. But when you actually look at the data, like I have an example here, like there was a night that where I was up twice, once for one of my kids and then once because my <laughs> Irishman was snoring. And so I woke up thinking like I'd had this terrible sleep, but my sleep tracker actually had different news. So I'd actually had two and a half hours of deep sleep and six and a half hours of total sleep. So I was like, wow, like I'd woken up thinking I'd had this terrible night, but I actually, the actual amount of time I was awake for wasn't that great. And because the, the the time I was awake was after I'd actually got my deep sleep because the deep sleep happens at the beginning of the night. I was like, wow, I've actually had like two and a half hours is pretty amazing for deep sleep. Like, that's what the teenagers get. So like people in their 40s, late 40s, like I am, like that's, that's a really good score. So then I was like, right. You know, and also, again, there's been countless nights where I thought I was awake for hours. And when I actually looked at the data, it'd be like 20 minutes. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's really helpful to have that objective measurement. So if you're interested in getting some sort of thing to track your sleep, I, I recommend giving it a go. Another thing is restricting time in bed. So one trap that people with insomnia fall into is like trying to go to bed earlier and trying to catch up on lost sleep. So then they're not really tired when you go to bed and you started, you start getting into this habit of like you kind of in bed with being awake. So actually for a while started going to bed a bit later and then getting up at the same time. And that really worked because I was really tired when I went to bed. So I'd fall asleep quickly. Um, and I had more time in the evenings, which was great. And that's, so, so looking at how you can restrict your time in bed and being really disciplined with not having naps, like they, they can really throw you out. So if you're tired in the afternoon, you can be tempted to I'll just have a nap. But I think being disciplined and waiting until bedtime just really helps set that sleep stage. So then tip number five or counterintuitive idea number five was to use positive affirmations as a lullaby. And so another trap when you're trying to fall asleep and you're having anxiety about sleep is that you get into this, like you're trying to have a tug of war of sleep and you're like, oh, you know, and you start to have all these thoughts about sleep. When's it going to come? And you're trying to force the sleep to come. And then am I going to fall asleep tonight? Is it going to be a bad night? And you get into those thought patterns, which of course increases anxiety and increases wakefulness and makes it harder to fall asleep. So what I do instead, and I still do this every night, is like when I'm ready to go to bed, I um, actually have some some phrases, some affirmations that I'm that I say to myself over and over and over. And I some of them I like and it changes all the time. Like now I'm actually using my goals as as affirmations to go to sleep. So I was just saying to myself, you know, whatever I'm working on for my goals. But back when I had the big sleep problems, like I actually had some affirmations around sleep. So I always fall asleep eventually because that's the thing I always did fall asleep eventually or I'm grateful for all that I have, which got me thinking about the things that I do have and what is working in my life. Or another one that I found really helpful was I always solve my problems. Like that's a core belief that I have. And I that gets me thinking about all the problems I've had in my life that I've overcome. And it just puts you in that right frame of mind. Um, so yeah, just it doesn't it doesn't really matter what the affirmation is as long as it's something that's positive and that's going to turn off the anxiety basically, like get you to focus on what's working in your life. 
Okay, and then number six, changing my relationship with stress, basically. So when my sleep problems started, like my doctor, when I went to see her, I was thinking it could be a hormonal thing. She was like, no, Jules, classic stress to me. Um, So I actually did some things to like, I radically made some changes to simplify my business and reduce stress wherever I could. And I um, actually watched, there's a really great TED talk by Kelly McGonigal and just this idea, I'll link to this in the show notes. She has a, you know, her research is supporting this idea that stress isn't an enemy and it's how we think about stress, whether stress causes us health problems or not. So if we think about stress in that it's positive, then then it actually can be helpful. So if you're interested in delving more into that, check out the um, the show notes. Uh, so yeah, but I just decided to change my relationship with stress and that would like first reduce stress, but then also when I was feeling stressed, not make myself wrong for it. Like just to go, okay, of course I'm feeling stressed and be being kind to myself when I was feeling stressed. Okay, number seven is um, get up at the same time every day. So this was something that I got from that sleep course that I did and stick to this pretty religiously that even on weekends, like I even when I've had a terrible sleep, I get up at the same time. Sometimes I let myself have an extra half an hour on a Sunday morning, but just the, the reason for this is it just keeps your circadian clocks in time and it just makes it much easier for everything to, to function. Whereas if you're normally getting up at, at 6 a.m. on the weekdays and then on, on the weekends you're not getting up till 10. That's like a four-hour difference. So it's like essentially like you, you're getting jet, you're giving yourself jet lag, like you've traveled to a different a different state, <laughs> a different time zone. So yeah, I recommend being disciplined with yourself and getting up at the same time every day, even when you feel like you've had a terrible night. Okay, then the number eight thing I did that was I found really helpful was taking um, magnesium supplements. So my thoughts around supplements were that I should be all getting all my nutrients from food and rah, rah, rah. And then I read so many things about the links between magnesium and sleep. I just thought, I'll just try this and see what happens. And I feel like magnesium made a huge difference to my random waking. So I started by taking like one capsule of um, a mixture of magnesium citrate and magnesium melamate at dinner. Um, and that I did that for quite a while, like you know, probably 18 months a year. And I still take that every day, but I've moved that magnesium citrate to lunchtime. So I have that at lunch and I listened to a really great podcast. Um, Daria Rose did a, um, did a podcast on sleep and how she overcame her sleep problems. And she actually takes magnesium to other magnesium supplements. So I've just been experimenting with those and, I feel like they've really helped as well. Uh, I'll link to those in the show notes, but it's magnesium taurate. So I take one, one capsule of that at dinner and then magnesium L3 and 8, which is really great for brain health. And I take a special form of that that is, um, it's, it's called liposomal. So it, it's able to cross the blood brain barrier. So it's good for sleep and it's also really good for cognitive, preventing cognitive decline. So I feel like I'm smarter from taking that one. It is expensive, but I, I, I'm, I love it. So I'm going to keep going with it. And the other supplement that I've started taking um, on Daria's recommendation is Lion's Mane, which is like a mushroom extract. And there's a really great company in Australia called Life Cycle that, that grow my Lion's Mane and make this extract. And it's significantly increased my REM sleep. So that's like the, the dreaming sleep. And since I started taking that, like my REM scores were always around an hour. And now I, like I've even had two and a half hours of REM sleep one night. So that's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, So yeah, that's something that I'd I'd recommend experimenting with if you want to get really, you know, detailed on improving your sleep quality. Okay. Number nine, this is a long, long podcast. Um, 
Number nine is to cut out blue light in the evening. So this is another circadian rhythm trick. So the thing is that when we are exposed to blue light, it um, suppresses melatonin production, which makes it more difficult to fall asleep. So, you know, we, um, my Irishman went a bit crazy in putting stickers on any LEDs and we've changed all our light bulbs over to red light in the lounge room and the bedroom. So that I've also bought a, a pair of um, blue blocker glasses. So I wear them in when I'm cleaning up in the kitchen. And actually, sometimes I turn the lights off in the kitchen and clean up the kitchen by candlelight, which is probably not so great for quality control and the cleaning, but it is very atmospheric. Um, and I also like limit my screen use, um, you know, 90 minutes before bed. But with the blue blocker glasses, I am a bit naughty with um, not being so strict on the screens. Okay. So that's number nine. Number 10 is to stop eating three hours before bed. So um, some people recommend actually having a snack before bed to help with nighttime waking, but for me, definitely doesn't help. Um, so for me, it's better to go to bed with my with my dinner digested. So yeah, so I, I, I really notice on the nights where I um, have a lighter dinner or less food at dinner time, then my sleep quality is always better than when I if I have a really heavy meal, a big meal, or if I overeat at dinner time, that definitely impacts my sleep quality. Okay, number 11, almost there, is um, read fiction in the evenings. So I used to, you know, when I was cleaning up the kitchen, I've had this habit for a long time of listening to audiobooks. So before I go to bed, and I used to be listening to like marketing books or business books and things from my business coach. And it was just like getting me into analytical thinking. So I, when I had my sleep problems, I had read somewhere recommending like, you know, fiction. So I started, you know, delving back into the world of stories, which is really fun. So I now always listen to when it's after dinner, anything I listen to after dinner is, is always a story. And that just helps switch off your analytical mind. And then our final one is to exercise more. So, you know, it's, this one isn't so counterintuitive and it's already you know, it's something you probably already know. But when I went from just walking every day to actually doing like a light run for 30 minutes, I noticed a big improvement in my sleep quality. And I also noticed like if I have a big day digging in the garden that I always get high sleep scores. And that happened on the weekend. Actually, I was like planting some fruit trees and was in the garden pretty much all day on Sunday. And my sleep scores were really, really good after that. Okay, so let's just, I'll just do a quick recap of these because that was a lot. <laughs> um, so, so the first one was to just, just decide to stop obsessing about sleep. Then second was to stay in bed for, the, for your scheduled time. So just not get up. Um, three, measure and track. So using a sleep tracker. Four, restricting your time in bed. Number five was using positive affirmations as a lullaby. Six was befriending stress. Seven, getting up at the same time every day. So that consistency. Eight, um, magnesium supplements and also the lion's mane supplement is helpful as well. Um, nine, cut out blue light in the evenings. 10, stop eating three hours before bed. 11, read fiction in the evenings. And 12, exercise more. So that brings us nicely to our key takeaway. And basically, you know, sleep is important, but the worst thing you can do is to stress about your sleep because that just makes it even worse. But just know that you can improve your sleep. Um, like it really is possible for you. And just treat it like with an experimental mindset. I've given you like 12 ideas here to play around with and just keep experimenting until you find what works for you. Uh, and I'm always looking for ways to improve my sleep more. And actually, I mentioned before, I'd like actually have a project now to get to bed a bit earlier. So, and the key thought that I'm finding really helpful with that is, 
you know, when I'm tempted to blow off my bedtime is just this keep thought that sleep is more important than getting more things done. So it's always like, I should clean up this, I should do whatever. And if I just remind myself, no, sleep's more important and that's helping me get to bed earlier. Um, yes. And so, yeah, resources I'll link to. There's a, the podcast from Daria on how to get better sleep, the book, Why We Sleep. I'll link to my supplements and I'll link to the Aura Ring if you're interested in checking that out. I don't have any affiliation with any of these things. And I'll also link to that TED Talk from Kelly McGonigal. So hope you have a beautiful week and I look forward to catching you next week. Bye. Before you go, this is the best part. So if you enjoyed Joyful Eating, subscribe to the podcast and I'd love to send you a copy of my free cookbook called Six Ingredients, 20 Minutes, Simple Whole Foods for Joyful Weeknight Dinners. It's full of easy recipes, so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. Just Google Stone Soup and you'll find it.